that's how lonely we are, that we're going on here and seeking validation from strangers. We love seeing the people that we think have everything get destroyed. Privacy is dead. I've all broken in my life. I've never wanted to die more. The end game for these people, I think, is going to be sad. Age of the digital influencer, it's going to crash. What if you woke up tomorrow and you had no followers? Can you go back to being yourself? I have a feeling I'm going to find out. Let's start the show. Welcome to Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I am Tom Merritt, and he is the co-host I want, Brian Brushwood. Heck yeah, man. And that was uh, the American meme. Uh, Bryce, can you tell us a little bit about this, Jim? Yeah, this is a feature-length documentary following uh, some of the character stories, the lifestyles, and possible futures of some of... Uh, the medic celebrities you might know, Paris Hilton's in this, uh, the Fat Jew, the Instagram guy, DJ Khaled, uh, former Vine star Brittany Ferlin uh, is on here. Um, some of the reviews that I saw call it maybe entry level, maybe maybe a little soft in the teeth, maybe it doesn't get all the hard hitting questions. Interesting, but I do think it's, soft in the teeth is that is that not like something that's going to happen to me when I'm seventy? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, but, but it reminds me, it seems to occupy mm. some similar space to uh, uh, John Ronson's uh, "So You've Been Publicly Shamed," which yes. that was an excellent book. So if it's anything like that, then I'm a hundred percent all in. Yeah. Do you know where I heard about that book? So you've been publicly shamed, Brian? Uh, was it from me? No, it was from one of my other awesome co-hosts, who's a guest on this show, Veronica Beaumont. Huzzah! Hello, how's it going? Oh my gosh, it has been far, far too long since we've been able I to know. hang out and do a show together, Veronica. It's so good to see you again. I am happy to be here. And by the way, influencers are out. Micro influencers are in. Oh, like 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 uh, like those seventeen-year-old uh, illegal vape uh, influencers. Uh, dudes doing all the 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 the, the uh, puffy tricks, and then like denying that they're uh, using uh, nicotine-fueled uh, jewel thing. I, I think mean, we're th- on there's a different story. Instagrams, but sure. <laughs> yes, he's on Vapestagram. Vapestagram. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Brian, you're too popular. Sorry, it's micro influence. Oh, thank goodness. I've been waiting yeah. for this moment. Uh, yes, and we have been waiting for this moment to have Veronica back on the show. It's very good to have you. Uh, so let's get right into our primary target. Very simple premise, but one that we haven't seen any of the big streaming providers do yet. Variety reports that Hulu and AT&T both plan to introduce technology that will stream ads when you pause. So when you stop, when you go walk away or you stop to look something up, whatever, when you pause, that's when the ad comes. Now, we don't know if there'll also be ads in the breaks or not, or with, whether you're on the Hulu plan without ads, whether it would do this, but mm-hmm. AT&T's Matt Van Houten likened it to a screensaver and said it could even include interactive ads. How do we feel about this? Well, one of the reasons why I pause content in the first place is because I don't want sound. So, like, I'm not sure how that would work. Do I now have to press not only the pause button, but now also the mute button to, to like, take a phone call or talk to somebody or, or do something like that? I understand the idea. If, if it covered this, where it played ads when I would hit pause so I could, like, 
walk away and go to the bathroom and come back and then not be interrupted by ads otherwise. Yeah, sure. I guess I can put the effort forth. Well, so let's go let's go in half steps, right? Let's say that it plays but it's visual only and there is no audio. In that let, let's say let's take them at its word that it is like a screensaver where it's like mm -hmm. you hit pause and then something comes up and you happen to see out of the corner of your eye the word Tide Pods or whatever. I, 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 yeah, how how is 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 that a mortal mortal or a venial sin in in both of your opinions? If there was no audio, I think I might be okay with it. I hadn't thought about the audio part of this because that could be troubling if you're pausing to answer the door or take a phone mm -hmm. call or something like that. I feel like I am not usual, but I am the target of the person who would love this if it replaced ads that otherwise would come up. Right, that's what and I was saying, yeah. I'm thinking particularly about The Simpsons on the FX app, where even though I'm signed in with my PlayStation View credentials, it's going to play ads. If instead of that happening, I'm a frequent pauser. I pause because I'm like, oh, I want to go get a drink. Or I pause like, oh, I, I forgot to do something. I pause a lot when I'm watching stuff alone. And if ads played when I was doing that, that would be fine. Now, I know the immediate objection is like, yeah, but if you're busy walking away, going to the bathroom, doing other stuff, how effective are those ads? Those ads have been effective for decades. Uh, they they seep in. They, they, they get into you when you don't think they're there. So I think it would be effective. Also, you know what? That sounds like a, a them pee, not a me pee yeah, problem. Yes. So, so it, well, but it's a them p. It's a up if they decide. Oh wait, we can't make any money off this because the ads aren't effective, and then it goes away. So here's here's what I hope. Um, number one, I have no sympathy, no cares about AT and T doing this on all of their their cable stuff. You dance with the devil that brought you, right? It's like you're the one. You're the one who picked up a scorpion. Uh, you paid full price for cable which is a giant uh, fire hose of ads anyway so what you got more ads whatever i have no sympathy for you if you don't like cable get out of cable um hulu i'm gonna even extend that to where it's like okay you don't want to spend the money for the premium hulu again you're gonna dance with the rad scorpion that brung you um and then uh, but if you're paying money for hulu that's a non-starter man like if if i'm paying money for hulu and keep in mind i would say I would say 70% of all the pausing I do is because something challenging enough is happening in the Hearthstone game that I'm playing while watching something <laughs> that I need everything to shut up for a second while I figure out this move. <laughs> and if they're suddenly like, uh, if, if suddenly Bad. ads are barking at me, we're going to have a real problem. Yeah. Using pause as mute is a, is a user case for this that needs to be addressed. Right. Like if I'm watching some vaping Instagrammers, some influencers, <laughs> for example, and I just need to pause for a second, you know, 30 seconds or so, so I can watch the whole video. Well, plus, plus also you're important. pausing so you can see the, the heart shaped uh, 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 vape circles they're making. So I can it's... see the sick, sick clouds. Exactly. Sick clouds. Say. That's what the kids say. <laughs> Old people say sick cloud atlas. Uh, I, don't, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, and they're referring to the book, not the movie. That's, that's yeah, right, real. because they're elitist old people. Um, <laughs> I, I, On the one hand, this feels inevitable. On the other hand, it feels like there is a clear line of delineation. If you're spending money for what you expect to be an ad-free experience, and you better believe uh, there's going to be a, a righteous anger if, if you don't deliver yeah. that. I think Hulu has to keep this off their ad-free tier. 
but if it's a service that you're already paying for that has ads, like Hulu has a, a tier with limited ads, uh, that would be cool if Hulu converted it and said, oh, but our ads only show up when you pause. Uh, that would be interesting. Don't forget AT&T also means Warner Media. Warner Media is going to launch their own streaming service. So it could play into that where you're like, hey, uh, you're 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 paying two two amounts, uh, same as Hulu. There's there's one with limited ads and one with no ads, and the one with limited ads plays the ads when you pause. Uh, it, it, but you're whatever it is, it's all about if I'm paying for no ads, this better not happen. And if this is happening in addition to ads that I'm already expecting, should it reduce the other kinds of ads that I get? You know. On, if I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second, I'm going to say that add <laughs> add dash advocate. Uh, I'm going to say that if what you want is the ability to access more content free, this is an effective tool to help make that possible. We talked about the possibility of you know Netflix having an ad free tier. We talked about uh, the fact that the, the Hulu makes so much content available essentially you know free outside of putting up with ads then in a weird way if you're a fan of free entry tiers then this seems like an effective way to get that oh well, the I other because i i pay for hulu or i did pay for hulu and i still had to watch ads is that what you're talking about Tom? Well, like limited ads there's three tiers of hulu if okay. you pay 8.99 you get a limited number of ads if you pay $11, and these numbers may be off, but it, but mm -hmm. it's roughly right. If you pay $11, you get no ads. Okay, got it. And then you've so got the free, you know. No, there's no free. No free. They got rid of the free. Got it. There's, yeah, there's no free Hulu. What, uh, As they say, there's no free Hulu in this town. Yeah, thank you, Milton Friedman. <laughs> uh, there's no such thing as a free Hulu, is or <laughs> is another way to put it. Uh, Tons the Hulu. Anyway. I just realized there's also the other end of this, which is you pause, you do your thing, you come back, you can't unpause because it's still playing a commercial. Oh, or what about this? What about you pause and you come back and it won't resume without playing a 15 second commercial? Like you right. pay the pause yeah, penalty. Right. Either way, awful. like being able to unpause oh. when I want must be an important part of this. I can't, can't be stuck in the ad. I've had that oh, on the Hulu live tedious. TV where I'll change channels and it won't want to scut me back to live TV. Yes. And because it's a sports show, it doesn't have the right ad breaks. So I will switch to another channel. It will tell me I'm watching an ad, but I have to, uh, but I'm watching like 10 minute old footage because I can't skip ahead because it says I'm yeah. watching an ad. Oh, jeez. No, and so it's like, you got to figure that out first before you start putting ads in the pauses. Yeah, that's right. Because you don't get, uh, I guess part of the, the this is Hulu specifically, I, I suppose. This was part of my the, experience with Hulu TV. So yeah. so Hulu live streaming sports is not a DVR experience, experience. So you do not get the rights to jump backwards or forwards. You a, could, but a, I, as you like. You, well, it depends could, on whether it, it's actual DVR or on demand. Right, right. It, and this was DVR. I, after the commercial commercial break was over, I could jump back to present, but I couldn't while I was sitting through yeah. this Oof. minute long ad which was just an, an overlay over this old footage hmm. yeah well we don't have ads on this show brian yeah man that's why we don't make any money off this show well <laughs> we, we make some money but I'm, I'm glad you brought this up uh, of course uh you guys you beautiful beautiful patrons five years ago made us loud live and independent as we went uh completely free of any networks whatsoever without ads 
uh, thanks to the 1,398 people currently supporting us at patreon.com slash cord killers. Um, I, uh, I, I don't relish having to say this, but uh, we, we make budgets and plans based on an expectation of stuff. And, and it's embarrassing to say we're exactly $27 below our budgeted uh, uh, expectations per episode. So if you're on the fence, if you have enjoyed the program, if you you know want to jump in, if you have a buck to spare, we sure would love it. Just head on over to patreon.com slash cord killers. We just need $27 more per episode to keep us on track and, and on budget. And it would yeah. mean a lot to us. I just apropos of nothing, found out that you can, I, I could uh, sell my pinky toe for $27. Oh, no, no, don't. Tom, we've talked about this. That will work for not, exactly 10 weeks. And then we're really up against the same budgetary crisis it's bud, again. It's a pinky toe. Uh, oh, that's true. I've got, yeah, I've got two pinkies. Okay, well then maybe, I, 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 is is uh, is roast beef worth, worth more than pinky toe? <laughs> like a, <laughs> I just, I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm just... It just struck me the similarity between. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Patreon.com slash cord killers. Please allow me to continue to walk and let's talk about how to watch. Okay, so there there's this weird thing that I don't understand where millennials like to watch the show Friends, but there's also this thing where they freaked out when it looked like Netflix was going to lose access to Friends. It's not going to happen. Settle down. Put down your avocado toast. You relax. Oh, Netflix geez. is going to continue to have friends. All right. I will try to pack in a few more stereotypes before the end of this description. Netflix is going to pay Warner Media $100 million to renew its rights to stream friends through the end of 2019. Now, after 2019, Warner Media can either pull friends from Netflix and run it exclusively on its own service or... It will have the option, according to Recode, to keep running it non-exclusively where Netflix would pay $75 million. So they'd get a discount in order to keep running it, but non-exclusively. So Warner Media could also run it on their service. So if you're, you're having a hard time wrapping your head about it around it, $100 million for Netflix to get friends for the next year. And then after that, Warner Media can either decide to keep it for its Warner Media streaming service or share it with Netflix, mm. but it would have to give Netflix a discount. We now I turn to businessman and video maker Brian Brushwood to explain why this is either really stupid or really smart for Warner Media to do. Okay, I have to work almost entirely on hypotheticals here. And so um, sure. are, are you familiar okay. with, the, with, with what a Fermi problem is? Uh, a Fermi problem is you you work in generalities and and in general if you're right within an order of magnitude then you're right. So so is that like the Fermi paradox about aliens? Uh, correct. Uh, uh, similar okay. to that. Uh, Fermi used to love to come up with all these crazy questions. Yeah. Um, same Fermi. Okay. But the uh, 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 so in this case I want you to imagine uh, we're at DragonCon right. We just finished a panel. We say how many of you guys a uh, hundred of you stand up who uh, have Netflix. We stand up and then you say how many of you are currently working your way through the friends back catalog. How many out of a hundred hands do you think go up? Tom, Veronica? Uh, 15. Yeah, okay, 15, okay, great. So let's say, let's let's go ahead and say one, just one hand goes up, right? Uh, uh, with, with uh, I believe we're around, uh, we're definitely more than 138 million subscribers in the United States, because that was uh, last quarter uh, for Netflix. Uh, so let's, let's just round it up and say now we're at 150 million, right? So that would be 1% of them would be 1.5 million subscribers, right? Separate vector. And again, this is a postulate that I'm going to have to assume here. Let's say that statistically speaking, 
people who are in the middle of working their way through a back catalog are very unlikely to cancel their subscription midway through. And and I can vouch for that because uh, every time I drive my daughter to school, uh, she watches and I listen to an episode of the, the Office. It's been nearly a year now that we've been going through this, four days a week, and I, and I'm and and it's part of our ritual. It's baked in. If they were to cancel the Office, I would be very very upset, and I would have to rethink whether or not I want to stick with my Netflix subscription because the first thing I would think of is, well, I guess I'll just buy the uh, the whole back catalog of The Office, and then the next thought would be, where am I going to find that in the budget? Oh, I know. How about I cancel that money that used to be being spent on that, right? So if we're going for, what, $8 a month? Is that what uh, what, what streaming is right now? Netflix is uh, more like 10 Well, it's one of the major so, plans. Well, let's say, let's say 10 plan. for simplicity, right? That's okay. $15 million a month, and if you figure it takes about a year to work your way through the catalog, that is uh, what... That is a hundred and seventy, hundred and eighty, hundred and seventy-five million dollars of 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 guaranteed insurance to keep people on the hook. As if everything I said is accepted as fact. Likewise, imagine if they cancel that halfway through, how much are they going to lose? And all of a sudden, it makes a lot of sense to keep that back catalog because. I, I would imagine everybody who is, and again, this is all working on the idea that just 1% of the American fan base happens to be working their way through the the Friends back catalog. Uh, and, and if you cancel Midway, I think that they're going to lose enough money that it's worth it to just write that check for $100 million. Well, why not just write the check for $75 million? Like if people are already on Netflix and they're already watching Net, uh, Friends that way, who cares if they don't have exclusivity? Like uh, nobody's well, going to be like, I'm going to sign up for whatever Warner Brothers and, and, and that's the idea. That call Warner Media makes that call, and that's the other question: is is it smart for Warner Media to let Netflix have that option, or should they just shut it down after this year and say, forget it, Friends is all ours? So this is a uh, uh, there's a name for this uh, problem among economists. What they'll do, uh, uh, freshman year uh, economy uh, economic students will oftentimes be given. T-shirts, or this will be a class-wide experience. They'll they'll give everyone uh, mugs and T-shirts that say, you know, the name of the university, and they'll say, hey, uh, those are all worth, uh, uh, you know, however many dollars. And they say, now you can't. You have the option to sell it at a certain price or buy it from your your neighbor next to you. This is half of the audience is given something. And the people who are buying it always give much, much lower prices, like maybe $3 for a mug, as opposed to the people selling it ask for 7 or $8 for a mug. So in this case, the perceived pain of, of, of something being taken away is so great. So in other words, it might make sense to both Netflix to overpay to keep friends so that they're not giving the pain of taking something away from their subscribers. And at the same time, it might make sense for Warner Media to not push too hard to have the exclusivity because they know that while people like Friends, they're not going to love it so rapidly that they're going to pay a whole bunch of money and drop Netflix to go sign up for Warner Media. Well, but that's the question, right? Is if if Warner Media is thinking Friends is the way people find their streaming service, that's a problem. If Warner Media thinks, oh, we're going to have a lot of great originals on this service uh, because we're going to be able to include all this DC stuff that that our that our movie studio makes, and while we're going to be developing these amazing originals, then they want Friends to force that question to be like, hey, we have all this great stuff. Plus, now we're the only place for Friends. That's what. FX has been doing with Simpsons. But what this sounds like is they're leaving the door open to, hey, our streaming service may not be that good. So we'll still need that 
fat stack of cash from Netflix in either either way. Well, but also it could be the kind of thing where they're not competing in a zero-sum game against Netflix, where it's like, give up Netflix so that you can have friends with us, but instead it's just like, hey man, we've got all these great originals, oh, plus also we have... Uh, friends as well and so now you know let's say let's say the only thing keeping you in the netflix ecosystem is that you're midway through this watch of friends you're like okay well i can press pause on that and do the other or that's that's do both yeah 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 Mm. also if warner media reboots friends or does a spinoff call it joey's son also joey (laughs) after joey cat spinoff that'd be great (laughs) Smelly cat spinoff. Only he's a he's a techno robot from the future. Yeah, that Cyborg still smells. Cat. That's actually a lot of people don't realize that's part of CBS's CBS All Access strategy is you can get Star Trek, which is CBS's friends, on Netflix, on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Like you can get it everywhere because what CBS wants is you to get addicted to Star Trek, and then when you want the next Star Trek, you can only get it at CBS All Access. We are working our way through the Next Generation catalog. There you go. Netflix right now. And CBS don't care where you watch that. They're like, that's fine. We want to get all the money for the back catalog. We make the new things for people who love that back catalog, and they have to come to us for those. All right, let's briefly talk about Comcast set-top boxes becoming more fully featured streaming boxes. They're more and more like a Roku or an Apple TV every day. Amazon's Prime Video, now available for Comcast subscribers with the X1 set-top box. And Xfinity TV customers can now sync their account with movies anywhere in order to access movie purchases from the Xfinity digital store. So things you bought on the digital store will show up in your other movies anywhere accounts and vice versa. They're giving away some free movies uh, as, as an incentive for that. So interesting to see comcast slowly going going to the cord cutter mentality by making the normal set top box the cord cutter box and i and and at some point they can just start making that a service i guess without cable tv or something and make the transition i don't know Uh, veronica are you still doing cable no Okay, so uh, this this feels to me like uh, they're they're yielding to the inevitable, but doing their best to just like, uh, hey, uh, whatever it is you're tempted in the outside world, we've got it here. There's no need to open that door. Uh, there could be monsters out there. Who knows? They should really play up the fear of cord cutting. That's I think it. that would be a really good tactic for them. Like they might be doing it accidentally, but I think like really honing in on that and being like, oh, that's really hard. We make it really easy. Yeah. Agreed. All the benefit, none of the fear. Why go through a horrible telephone conversation to cancel? Just why would stay. you want to even do why would you even <laughs> want to talk to us? Never talk to us. That's what they should do, is they should do a spotlight on their own employees. They're like, this is Doug. He's going through a divorce and he's ornery. His job is customer retention. <laughs> Don't talk to Doug. What's, what's your what's your record? I once went forty seven minutes before somebody caved and got their thing canceled. Ugh. Don't deal with they Doug. They ended up paying more. That's you right. can get Prime Video, YouTube, Netflix, all on your Xfinity box right now without having yeah. to talk to Doug. <laughs> all right, let's talk about what to watch in Under Surveillance. I like this it's all about location, location. Under Surveillance. So the Deadpool PG-13 is uh, called Once Upon a Deadpool, if you didn't realize that. The Once Upon a Deadpool trailer is out and it's all about Nickelback and uh, Deadpool defending Nickelback to Fred Savage and Once Upon a Deadpool comes out December 11th. 
I, I think this whole ad campaign is brilliant. Uh, are, are, do, you, do you think, or is it clear from these, uh, whether these are actual scenes from the movie or just a independent uh, awesome ad campaign? I'm very curious. I'm very curious and confused. I like it. I would watch that movie for sure. Yeah. But like, you know, the Princess Bride tie-in, the whole thing, Nickelback jokes, I'm here for it. Um, but I also, I have no idea what it is. I feel like I totally missed the the promotional campaign around this. I don't know anything about it other than this ad. Yeah. And this is how they remind us what Deadpool really is. Oh, God, Tom. How do you do it every time? <laughs> how do you... The Umbrella Academy trailer is out. This is a uh, Netflix series starring Ellen Page. And, and Veronica, you said it's based on My Chemical Romance? No, well, it's based on a comic that was written by one of the members of My Chemical Romance. Okay. Uh, yes. It's coming to Netflix February 14th. Uh, it looks kind of X-Men-y. It looks a little dark, darky, dark, kind of like X-Men-y like kind of situation. Yeah, it, spooky. It, it seems to have a few uh, of those surreal aspects that I associate with like Legion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never saw that. Oh my goodness! First season's great. Never finished the second. Yeah. Netflix has a trailer out for Triple Frontier, uh, which is a drug cartel thriller starring Ben Affleck, Pedro Pascal, Oscar Isaac, and more. Coming in March. I'll be honest. This is the first time I've watched a Netflix movie trailer and felt like this looked like a movie I wanted to see in the theaters. And it is getting a limited theater release. It's got that uh, Charlie handsome motorcycle. Guy. Oh, from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. that's where I recognize him from. Got it. Uh, old Charlie Handsome, the motorcycle guy. <laughs> I can't pronounce his last name, so he's Charlie Handsome. <laughs> I don't this think this is mind. a job for me. Charlie Handsome, motorcycle guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah th this this does look like it could be a a movie that just hits a lot of cliches, but it feels like a real movie. I feel like this is a trailer I would see when I'm waiting to watch a movie. Does Ben Affleck speak in a Southie accent? Not as such, no. Too bad. Also, Pedro Pascal speaks in an American accent. Oh. Not a, not a, uh, this is Sam, slowly going down. Not a Sam Snake <laughs> accent. Okay. <laughs> a new Captain Marvel trailer came out. Uh, Captain Marvel's coming March 8th, 2019. Uh, a lot more Captain Marvel in space in this trailer. Man, uh, this is I, I could tell that I've crossed over the threshold like like there's so much credit in the, the bank of Marvel in, in, in Brian's heart that it's like, wait, wait, why even bother to watch trailers? I'll, I'll, it's not like I'm not going to go. We're March all going to go. We know we're Brian we and Veronica will be. And yeah. uh, what about Avengers Endgame? Oh, uh, I did. That's coming out April 26th. Did you not watch that trailer? No, I did just because I was trying to figure out. I, I was curious whether or not they would do the, you know, uh, uh, the oblique uh, hinting at stuff or the full on like big reveal stuff. Turns out they were doing the oblique thing. We just see this independent vignette of, of a sad Tony Stark who none of us believe for one second is actually going to die alone in that spaceship. Now, a source close to me uh, indicated that a Spider-Man trailer might have been coming out. And we were curious how that was going to work, given the events of Avengers Affinity War, especially with an Endgame trailer coming out. And no trailer came out. Wait, what so, do you mean? It's so like a Spider-Man, like a new, like, not like the new, Miles Morales. Not right. not the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse Spider trailer, yeah. but a Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, I think is the name of it. Oh. Oh. So how would that have worked? Uh, well, he, oh, yeah, I'll give you a hint. Uh, the opening scene is is uh, Spider Peter Parker uh, underneath a big sheet going, Oh, the afterlife is real. 
it's 2016, just so you know. I just, yeah, like, we know these movies are coming. We know there's going to be another Black Panther movie. Like, it's, it's, it's so silly, but we super get into it anyway. I don't care. Well, and, and that was part of the genius of Infinity War is that by essentially couching, you know, they don't reveal it until the very end. You're like, oh, wait, Thanos was the protagonist. They allow us to to not really believe that everybody's dead, but, you know, go along with it. It was great. Yeah. Tired of living like a blind man. A new teaser for Stranger Things lists all the episode titles for the new season coming in 2019, and that's it. It's otherwise not a teaser. It's really just a list of all the episode titles. But apparently the last episode takes place in the Battle of Starcourt Mall. I, Why, are these names references to things? Like, are we supposed to, are they like 80s references we're supposed to get? If, if I was going to guess, it's like uh, you're at the bookstore, you see there's a new Stranger Things novel, you open it up just to the chapter list, and from that, you project or take a guess as to what kind of adventure you're on and buy or don't buy the book, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I think that I think that makes sense. And it just gets everybody speculating because none of them really tell you anything. The sauna right, test, right, yeah. the source like that doesn't that doesn't tell you anything. I'm excited, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, Beatmaster in the chat room says the Spider-Man trailer was shown at a con in Brazil. So maybe there was mm. a Spider-Man uh, Netflix renewed Narcos Mexico for a second season. It's uh, focused on building uh, a, a Mexican empire for Felix Gallardo uh, and, of course, uh, the foil being DEA agent Kiki Camarena. You're you're into Nar- Narcos Mexico, Brian? Uh, no, I I haven't started the first oh, season. Okay. I mean, I, I, I deeply loved uh, seasons one and two of Narcos, but uh, but but fell off in season three. Uh, I probably owe it uh, another watch. Now, one thing I know all three of us are fans of is The Good Place, which has been renewed for a fourth season. Huzzah! <laughs> Yeah, I become that person that won't stop proselytizing for the good place. I think they call yeah. them Mormons. Okay. Well, and it just makes me feel like, oh, they 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 have more twists and turns to go. I'm I'm very yeah. excited to see that. Uh, the next season of Doctor Who will return in 2020. That means a meh, well, technically more probably unless they come back on January 1st, 2020, more than a year long break. Because the next episode of Doctor Who is not a Christmas special this year. It's a New Year's Day special. Uh, And this season's premiere, by the way, was the biggest, highest rated premiere since the series returned under Chris Eccleston. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it wasn't as big as that very first episode of The Return, but it's the, the second biggest episode since then. And second biggest episode for BBC this year. That's awesome. I really liked this season, although I I felt like the season finale, while very good, was not better than the beginning of the season. I haven't caught up yet. I'm a season behind, so I need to watch it, which I have time, so that's good. Uh, CBS Chief Creative Officer David Nevins told the 46th Annual UBS Global Media and Communications Conference that CBS will have two Star Treks out in 2019, Discovery, which we knew, uh, coming at the beginning of the year, and Picard coming at the end of the year. Oh, my God, dude. I'm so worried about this. I, 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 you know what, um... I, we we got into this discussion about the uh, the announcement of a possible or of the incoming Cowboy Bebop live action thing, and it's like whether or not they strike out or hit a home run. I admire them going to the plate, and uh, I I would rather live in a universe where they try to capture a bit of that magic than not. 
But why? I mean, we've got we've got discovery, which still is kind of finding its feet, I think, a little bit. But and there's like really interesting characters in that show. And I love Picard. I am a Picard girl, 110 percent. He is my captain forever. But like, I don't know if I need another series about him. I feel like there's new stories to tell. I, I'm very torn. So, OK, uh, let me make a pitch, right? Let's okay. assume, uh, what if it was as good, okay, and again, I'm making all of this up. There's nothing for me to go there. Like, I can picture so many ways that it could be off the wall and amazing. Like, what if he's old and in a nursing home, and he, and he uh, periodically uh, plugs his brain into a hollow computer, which is like a holodeck, only it projects his body into different people, and, and, and you know, you know it's Picard, and you get to see a bunch of different actors portraying Picard. What if it's like an orphan black thing, like, like or, 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 or a black mirror, or whatever? Like, mm-hmm. the uh, uh, point is, point is, I, there are so many insane things that could be good that I'd rather see them try than not try. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to do that. that that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I put my faith in the actor. Well, Patrick Stewart is very actor. good at picking roles. Uh, and I don't know that he would have let them talk him into this if he didn't have faith that this was a story worth telling. So that's that's where my faith is. I also, when I think of this, I uh, this is going to sound stupid. This is what I picture in my head involuntarily. I think it's a black and white series with Picard, like not with Wolverine, but like, but with Picard kind of old and struggling uh, to, you know, to, to, to get by somehow. And it's like a very serious, almost Logan-like take. I, I would I'm, love that. Let me just say one more thing. I, I think that I totally agree with you on the, on, you know, on, on Patrick Stewart, like picking roles that are good and, and being able to say like, I won't do this unless it's awesome. I'm sure it'd be a worthwhile story. The question I ask you is, do we need another of that story? Are there not other more worthy or equally worthy stories that come from a different perspective that would be better to tell at this point? I don't think it's a zero-sum game. I mean, CBS is developing all kinds of things, and I think telling a cool Picard story sounds awesome. I don't think it's a wrong thing to do. I I, I would say uh, my my counterpoint to that to that question would be you could ask the exact same thing after two Wolverine movies and hearing the rumors of Logan. You could say, "Do we need another Wolverine movie?" And you would have been wrong because we totally needed Logan. It was the best movie ever. Okay, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, if if doing Picard prevented another great concept from being True. made, uh, then then you have an argument, and and there's an argument that just spending that money on that instead of something else does that, but it's not like CBS is saying, and this is the only Star Trek other than Discovery that we're working on. So, to me, it's like, all right, uh, yes, prove to me that this story needed to be told, but Picard is one of, if not the most interesting character in the Star Trek universe. Absolutely. To date, anyway. Okay. I'm just saying, finite amount of resources for promoting this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's, I, you know, no, that's there's, fair. That's it fair. feels like a safe play. Like I do when like could uh, be putting things towards the new show. I do like well, Strike a, Rich's comment in the chat that he wants to see Quantum Picard where he's stuck in a holodeck and he keeps leaping from scenario to scenario <laughs> trying to get oh out God. to the rest of the starship. <laughs> oh, I got stuck in the holodeck series. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how about a ty- an entirely different uh, story? A new Ghost in the Shell anime is coming to Netflix in 2020. But 
directed by Shinji Aramaki, who did Appleseed, and uh, Kenji Kamiyama, who did Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. So these are respected uh, people from the anime world working on another Ghost in the Shell series, uh, which has, this is not the first time there's been an uh, uh, expansion of the Ghost in the Shell universe. So it feels a little bit, and Bryce, I'm curious your take on this, hmm. like it's just Netflix providing the funds for what probably would have happened anyway. Yeah, and Ghost in the Shell has uh, both had movies and series about it, uh, which take on different arcs. I, I, I think it's it's a great pickup. I know we've been talking a lot about, we talked about Cowboy Bebop earlier in this episode and last week, but I think this is like a real straightforward we're going to keep doing more Ghost in the Shell. And I think that world is is super open for those for more stories. I mean, a procedural in in a sci-fi Android world. I mean, that's great. A cyborg. Yeah. And available worldwide, I assume. I don't know Fingers about crossed. Japan. They might they might have different distribution deal in Japan. Because uh, like Terrace House is a Netflix original, even in Japan, but it also shows on Fuji television. So I don't know if there's things like oh, that. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Hulu, for its part, struck a multi-year deal with Funimation for first-look streaming rights to anime series produced and released by Funimation oh. starting in 2019. Uh, Hulu and Funimation will be the co-exclusive premiere outlets for key subtitled anime titles. So they won't not show up on Funimation. They'll just also show up on Hulu. Uh, that seems like a pretty good get for Hulu, especially mm -hmm. in this this area that, that I don't perceive they have a strong foothold in. Well, and it's it's perfect timing because Funimation just broke up with Crunchyroll. Oh, that's right. And so both of those companies, I'm sure, are looking because uh, wasn't it Crunchyroll that made a deal with Netflix uh, recently? Am, am I thinking? Uh, maybe, I thought it was thinking. a production studio, not Crunchyroll itself. But, oh, uh, that, but I may be confused. Be but but there there is a like that the breakup of those two means that there's a lot of resources willing to go somewhere that is not between these two kind of juggernauts of anime mm -hmm. right now. So Crunchyroll has been around longer than Hulu, right? I perceive that to be the case. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe? I'll go look at So that. Funimation left Crunchyroll for a younger companion. Oh, you. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's an old story. <laughs> All right, let's talk about what we've had our eyes on. Uh, something you watched recently that you love. Veronica, what is it? I really loved uh, Quincy, the Quincy Jones documentary on Netflix. Oh, I thought you meant the Jack Klugman uh, medical examiner <laughs> series. <laughs> for... No. Uh, so, so, uh, so, so you give it a thumbs up. Is that on, on Netflix? It is, yes. And it's directed by Rashida Jones, uh, oh, his, wow. his daughter, cool. and uh, yes. another gentleman whose name I don't know because he's not Rashida Jones, unfortunately. Um, sorry, that sounded really dismissive. <laughs> I just don't know his name. Um, and it's it, directed by Rashida Jones and not Rashida Jones. And someone else who is not Rashida Jones. Which is how Jones. we define all people. Yes. Um, but it's really good. I mean, I so weirdly, you know, I actually know someone who kind of grew up around Quincy Jones, and he really? says they kind of left out like they, they hint in the documentary that he's had like struggles with alcohol throughout the years. And that was one of the reasons why he had some health issues within the last few. Um, but apparently that was like a lot more part of the story. And they kind of, you know, it, it's a much more positive viewing, but he is just so phenomenal and has done so many amazing things with his career. It's really inspirational. I, I had heard that it was, um, uh, I don't know, like uh, viewed with a soft lens and, you know, like, mm -hmm. like uh, you wouldn't expect anything else from from his daughter doing a biopic on him, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair if it's a daughter's take. By the way, we have a musician on the DTNS listeners co-host show that will, will play between Christmas and New Year's who 
is produced by Quincy Jones, and he tells a story about Quincy Jones on that episode. Well, that's so, awesome. If you're I a Daily Tech News show, a subscribe. Bit. What kind of film did you say it was, Brian? What? Who, me? Yeah. What? what, what I it's said, a Quincy Jones what? I said biopic. Isn't that, isn't that what you say about a movie that's about someone else? Might call it a biopic. Oh, uh, is that is that is that the pronunciation? Is yeah. that the pronunciation? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I put in faces on the wrong syllables sometimes. <laughs> um, listen, Veronica, leave. Brian's being treated for biopia. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have a biopsy uh, <laughs> on my brain. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call. No, no. That's, apparently, that's well earned. <laughs> uh, anything else that you want to mention, Veronica? Um, oh, let's see. Um, I've been watching the uh, the uh, the new show on Amazon Prime um about uh the comedians i'm forgetting its name right now because i scrolled it, too far uh, inside jokes Mazel? no inside, inside jokes from the just for last jokes yeah. inside jokes thank you yes um and that is phenomenal i just kind of started watching it like because i i was going through infinite scroll and i couldn't like land on anything and then i was like oh i like stand-up comedy i'll check this out and i'm in the i think i watched the first three episodes and it's all about these comedians who are vying for a spot on the just for laughs festival which is the biggest stand-up comedy festival in the world it takes place every year in montreal um and so you try out and then if you get a call back you have to do your same set again uh with another minute and a half added i think uh, and so right now all the comedians are getting their callbacks or 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 not and basically finding out whether or not they're going to the festival but like every big comedian you've ever heard of has been in the just for laughs festival in the showcase um so it's a really big deal it's like a career maker basically Very nice. uh, yeah so it's, it's a pretty good one for sure Brian, what's been filling up your eyeballs? Uh, you know what? All the usual suspects. We'll talk about it in spoiler in time. Counterpart gently, the good place. But most importantly, guess what came to Hulu? That's right. It's sorry to bother you. We've talked about it before. Uh, if you've not seen it, now's your chance. Go watch it, not knowing a dang thing about it. Uh, I'm going to mention uh, It's a Wonderful Life. It's that time of year. Everybody watches it. NBC always shows it a couple of times at least. Um, but I watched it for Current Geek. We're doing a Current Geek Film Festival where we watch one of the greatest films of all time once a month. And we finally got to this place on the list and it just happened to sync up with the holidays. So it's perfect. Man, does that movie hold up? I haven't yeah. watched it in years. Uh, and I was like, oh, you know, it'll be fine. I'll watch it. Whatever. I was even like trying to cook breakfast while I'm watching it. It is surprising and it's this I've had this feeling with some of these movies we've watched on this list, which is, I guess, why they're considered some of the greatest movies, how timeless the it can be while still being dated, how uh, Frank Capra was just a genius at capturing the way people really talk and interact. So there's, you know, sexy innuendo without violating the censors, but in a way that plays as if it's real, you know, messing around between two people who are like, well, I don't want to say, but mm -mm -mm, guess what? Uh <laughs> So it and and that's just that's not the only example. So uh, if you haven't if you if you're overdone on It's a Wonderful Life, I get it. It can be shoved down your throat too much. But if you haven't watched it in five ten years, it's it's worth a watch. I think you just inspired me to show my kids. This is I get oh, to do one of those like sorry kids, idea. you're gonna have you to, to you know eat yeah. your vegetables. And on Current Geek, we're going to talk about all the, uh, the the fact that it was pretty much a failure when it came out because they put it out in, in wide release in January, even <laughs> even though a it's Christmas a movie. Christmas movie. Yeah. 
That's funny. Yeah, they were talking about that in, uh, well, they were talking about the, it's a, not, is, is that the one we were talking about in Sword and Laser too in the forums? Oh, about it being a, a genre movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's uh, been a lot of, Tom has spread a lot of conversation around the podcasting world about It's a Wonderful <laughs> Life. <laughs> yeah, that was How it fits a, in. That was in it before I'd even watched it. We had that story that where I think it was io9 uh, mm-hmm. did a column arguing that It's a Wonderful Life is a, if not sci-fi, certainly fantasy, but but definitely a genre f- film because there's angels and yeah, alternate which realities. Yeah, I never thought and, about before. Yeah. All right, uh, Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, we got a pick from Bill. He writes, don't know if you watched Deutschland 83 when it aired a couple years ago, but the sequel season slash series Deutschland 86 uh, is finally coming back on October 25th. So this was uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, from the titles, you can tell the show jumps ahead three years in time uh, from the end of the first series. The show is about a young East German border guard who gets recruited to be a deep cover agent in the West German army. He, of course, gets in and o- he gets in over his head. Uh, and then there's all the cultural tropes, such as the music and the availability of consumer items uh, the show is really good and i'm looking forward to the sequel i think it pairs well with stars's counterpart this is mm. from uh bill in southwest florida thank you bill so deutschland 86 is airing now in america on sundance tv and deutschland 83 is streaming on hulu and a third season deutschland 89 has been confirmed uh as far as streaming uh if you are international this place this is all over the place in england 83 is on amazon prime in germany 83 and 86 are on amazon prime in canada it's on crave in france it's on a completely different thing uh so i really i always recommend go to justwatch.com and you can type in uh based on you can look up based based on your country you can look up the titles and see where stuff is streaming or where you can buy it uh because this one's kind of all over the place but thank you so much bill for the pick if you got something we should be on the lookout for, email us cordkillers at gmail.com. I got I got two things I got to talk about Uh-oh. on 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 our little moment here. Uh, first of all, I'm very excited. Tom Merritt and Molly Wood are podcasting together again. Why? I rarely refer to myself in the third person, but in this case, <laughs> I had to. Uh, yeah, uh, we're bringing back our show. It's a thing. Uh, which is attempt an attempt, uh, and I think it was successful in its first run, for Molly and I to do what Molly and I did best on the show Buzz Out Loud, which is just talk about stuff uh, and riff off of each other. And if that sounds great to you, uh, go and resubscribe if you're not still subscribed from five years ago uh, and support us on Patreon. You can get an ad-free version at patreon.com slash it's a thing. I also would be remiss if I didn't remind you, as I have many times, that there is an audiobook for my novel Gallium out that is read by this fine lady right here, Woo! Ms. Veronica Belmont, to great reviews. Uh, no, it, she did a fantastic job. I think she really elevated the otherwise uh, 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 adequate text. Uh, <laughs> the, no, sorry. I was... Boy, that was a tough one to land because I realized I set it up and I was just like, how friendly do I land this? Adequate. <laughs> I mean, there are words, but they sound really like good words. But Veronica. they're really elevated by Veronica's performances. Because they were so adequate is what he's trying to say. <laughs> yeah. I like to say I only sounded so good because I had such good words to read. Oh, there we go. She knows how to do it. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, if you want to check it out, that? that's at tomsnewbook.com. So it's a thing.me, tomsnewbook.com. Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. Did you know that YouTube reaches 85% of all internet users in India? By, by reaches, that means that they visit it. 
Uh, 60% of YouTube's traffic in India comes from outside its six major cities because YouTube has a lightweight version that, that you can get on a lot more phones. YouTube is bigger than Google in India. Google's biggest business in India is YouTube, not the search engine. In Thailand, YouTube reaches 92% of rural users and 93% of urban users. Traffic has risen 50% for YouTube in the last year in Indonesia to 74 million active users per month. Of all the users who watch any streaming service in the U.S., 96.1% consume YouTube, 73.8% consume Netflix. So it's not just those parts of the globe, it's worldwide. We don't give YouTube enough credit for being the biggest online video provider. And I think what caught my eye about this study, Brian, is we're often talking about YouTube Premium and YouTube Red and YouTube Originals. I never thought about it in the respect that YouTube has to compete with everything else on its platform. On the internet. Whereas Netflix puts a, story, a thing out and that's just against other Netflix stuff. YouTube's competing with all these other creators that have made it the most ridiculously large platform in the world. That's a really good way to put it. I think there's, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna overgeneralize here and I think there are three kind of main categories. We tend to talk about YouTube as a home for entertainment and that certainly is that. But it's also the greatest library of instructional tutorials in the history of yeah. mankind full stop. It is also the town hall for discussion and debate for the world. And yes, of course, we can, we can hurl barbs at each other on Twitter. Or we can make a post that nobody reads on Facebook. Uh, but if you want to make a point and stand behind it, then you're going to want to do it in a, in a little 5 to 15 minute vignette on, on YouTube. Does that track with you, Veronica? Yeah, I would say absolutely. It's the first platform, I think, that people consider when posting content like that. I mean, it's always like, oh, we'll put it on YouTube, and then what other places are we going to put it? Um, so I think that's kind of like it's the basically the gold standard for educational content at this point, which is kind of difficult, though, because sometimes their algorithms can be a little bit tricky with that kind of stuff. Agreed. Yeah. Well, and that's why the light gets shined on those algorithms, because it has such an effect, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, the Golden Globes TV nominees included 10 for FX, including Atlanta, Americans, and Pose. Unless that's pronounced Posse, it's you'll pose. have to tell me. Okay. Pose has a Posse. I'm just asking Veronica, just to make sure. I, I know, and now I've given you a complex. I'm nine, sorry. nine for... I'm the one who usually mispronounces everything, so I understand. Nine for HBO, <laughs> including <laughs> Barry and Sharp Hello. Objects. Hello. And Prime Video has uh, Miss Maisel Homecoming, a very English scandal. Eight that's for Netflix. Uh, though Netflix, uh, uh, including Bodyguard, Ozark, Glow, The Kaminsky Method, also got five movie nominations, including Roma, Girl, Dumplin', for a total of 13. Hulu only got two for The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, how about this, Tom? We live in a world where uh, we're able to say Hulu, quote, only got two nominations. Yeah. Uh, Netflix uh, only got eight nominations, but really it's 13 if you count their movie nominations, right? Like... Yeah, it's all starting to blend together. I find it interesting that FX leads the way with shows that feel like cord cutter shows like Atlanta and Americans uh, because you can still find them elsewhere like Hulu and places like that. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm waiting for the day when FX and AMC finally make the full jump from saying, hey, you can pay a little extra on top of your cable subscription for commercial free on the app to just selling you access to the app. Yeah, it's... Or just putting them on, I don't know. Uh -oh. I struggle with that because I hardly watch any TV anymore unless it's streaming somewhere. 
because I don't I don't have cable. So it's like the only thing, the only way I can watch this content. And I'm just like, just put it directly on the apps now. Just pick a partner and just go for it. Yeah. Maybe it's an advertising thing. I'm not sure. But it's I, I feel like that's the way it's going to go eventually. Well, uh, fellow millennials, you'll be very happy to know that you can now pay for Hulu with Venmo if you sign up through the website. Uh, that option will come to existing subscribers soon. Right now, it's just new subscribers. Uh, hold on. I've, I've got millennials on the line. They, they take issue with you calling them fellow millennials. <laughs> what? Because you are oh, so very Gen I, X. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 I no. self-identify as much younger. That's not even true, actually. That's, <laughs> I, I self-identify as older. I'm on cusp, and I still identify as older. I don't like being a millennial. You're not Gen X, though. I'm sorry. Oh, Are wow. Oh, there. Oh, that's right. That's a very Gen X thing for us to not be inclusive like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for picking up on that. I'm an old soul. <laughs> you're, you're honorary Gen X, okay? We'll make you honorary. Starting we'll, we'll... January 1st, the zombie that is movie past will have new plans. The $10 a month plan is similar to the current one with restrictions on which movies you can see on which days. 15 a month removes the restrictions, and 20 a month includes one IMAX or 3D movie a month. Ooh, and if you're very good, you get candy. Um, also, uh, in some markets, also in some markets, these plans will be more expensive, up to 15 20 and 25 for each tier. Also, Executive Vice President uh, Khalid Atumwil uh, will uh, we'll take over day-to-day -day duties from CEO Mitch Lowe, who will focus on long-term strategy. To fix my I, spelling mistakes before you read them, Brian. Uh, so, so oh, oh, it's not. Gotcha. It's unwell. It's okay. Um, this is really interesting. I read an article today about subscription services um, and how prevalent they are now, and how you know, even though MoviePass was really the first to to this in the movie world, you know, they've obviously had a lot of trouble. Uh, their stock price is terrible. They're trying to figure it out, as you can see. But it actually, even though AMC's um, A list system is being successful and actually earning money for them and it's doing very well they had a really hard time getting their board to get to get on board with the idea because of the failure of movie pass so even though they had like this whole like idea of how the uh, AMC A-lister program was going to work. They showed how it would be profitable and it's a very different number of movies that you can see and all this stuff the the people in charge were like ooh but like Movie Pass did really bad. Like, do we really want to put all our, our, our eggs in this basket? Um, I'm an A-lister on AMC, and I love it. Like, I use it all the time. But it was that 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 cohort of users for Movie Pass that really abused it. That that made it that there were more people who wanted to see movies more often than they expected. Yeah. Well, and it, they they marketed towards people who like to hack the system, basically. Like, yeah. <laughs> what did they expect? Um, the Fire TV Cube just got the Alexa announcements feature, which lets you tell an Echo to broadcast your message to all the Echoes in the house or now to or from uh, your Cube. So you could make your Fire TV Cube say stuff. How, how many how many uh, A word devices do you have to have before that becomes useful? Like like right now, I can I can shout it from one to the other, and it. Would... Oh, uh, most people have more than one, and usually around three or four. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, like I might... once you're in the tier, like when I say most people, I mean most people who even have one, not not all could, people. Could but I once send... you get one, most people will expand to having a few. Can, can I? Could I? Do it remotely from the app. Is that like like if I'm out and no. about, can I pretend I'm to be a ghost? I'm coming home. Yeah, exactly. No, you right? can't. It's stupid. I don't know why, but you can't. No. <laughs> that that seems like the easiest thing and so valuable. 
But the I drop in system too, I still haven't really figured out. But I like sometimes I'll just drop in on my friends and they find it very disturbing. Oh, that's right, the drop in. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rydar Lystad of the Australian Institute of Health Innovation at Macquarie University in Sydney. Uh, Macquarie University in Sydney. Good eye, mate. And his, his colleague, Benjamin Brown, have written a paper from the journal uh, Injury Epidemiology. I swear to God, Tom. Uh, uh, studying the survival factor of the 154 characters in Game of Thrones out of 3,330 total who oh, have no, not died. That's just 330. Oh, Sorry. total. Okay. <laughs> Feels like it though, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, we have we have a, a, a little less than half of them surviving. Among the factors that survival are being high-born female and forging unusual alliances or switching them. Uh, that's kind of fun, as as far as a commentary on what the the meta narratives of the entire story is. Yeah, I, I, I thought, you know, I, this is one of those fun like, oh, you know, this is a this is a little bit of a lark uh, to show how epidemiological theories might work when applied to a fun data set like Game of Thrones. Uh, but also for Game of Thrones fans, it's, it's really interesting to see just how many people die. <laughs> like you weren't you weren't joking when you're like, wow, it seems like everybody dies. Most people die on yeah. Game of Thrones. Most wow. characters like more than 50 percent. Wow. Tough times. Yeah, tough times in Westeros. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our dispatches from the front. I love this question from Mel. Uh, Mel wrote in and said, just curious, how do you watch series? Do you binge entire series or do you switch series after watching a season of a show? Also... Uh, and I think this in, informs why Mel might be asking this. I wish Netflix or Amazon would come up with a feature where you could make up your own primetime schedule and have shows autoplay the next show that you have in your queue. I think that'd be nice. What do you think? Uh, I, I, I'd be down for it, provided I didn't have to set it up. That's the only way to get me in. Mm. Otherwise, uh, I, I have a tendency to binge up until uh, if it's current time, then, depending on the type of entertainment it is, I, I I dig being part of the cultural gestalt. You know, like the moment, like we're experiencing with the Good Place right now. It's really fun to to be in the know and know how much fun the Good Place is. And then you you get to proselytize and oh, you're not oh, you got to hurry up. It's gonna, the new episodes is amazing. Uh, I dig yeah. that. What what about it's you, me. Veronica? Mm. Same yeah. thing. Yeah, like you. Yeah, I was um, pointing. I just well, pointed the wrong way. Cause I always watch all of a series i don't stop between seasons and go to other things that's what Unless i was going to say yeah i i think that is the way to go but i then i follow on to what brian does which is once i catch up on that series and i start to continue with that series in mm -hmm. real time but yeah. i never i will not jump around between series unless I, I can't imagine why I would do that. Yeah. You know where I do oh, stop on, on seasons, though, is reality shows. I'm, I've been very slowly working through Top Chef, and I can't mainline. Oh, you can't four do week after week. Or, no, I couldn't because like those shows are long and really drawn out, and one after another, it it it's too dense Maybe to that's... go from a finale to immediately to the next season. I need like hmm. a day or so between. You know, as an experiment, maybe I should go back and, and try getting back into the profit again, because maybe, oh, yeah. you know, going all in a row gave it a bit of an mm. upgrade. Yeah, that's true. It's been yeah. a while since we watched that. Yeah. Uh, uh, meanwhile. 
Dino writes, your conversation about streaming watch parties on Facebook reminded me that this was a thing on Xbox years and years ago. The Xbox 360 Netflix app had a built-in system called Party Mode, which your, where your Xbox party could all watch the same movie at the same time. Movie played on an MST3K style frame with party members' Xbox avatars sitting in a row at the bottom of the screen. I remember having a ton of fun watching movies with my friends this way and being sad when Netflix discontinued Party Mode in around 2011, question mark? Maybe with Facebook trying out a similar idea it's time for party mode to make a comeback uh thanks dino uh man i do remember that and i thought that was a great idea at the time yeah me too i really loved i thought it was a great idea too i I never got a chance to use it too frequently but i was super into the concept and i wish it was still around i I think you couldn't have explained better why this concept will never pick up no matter who tries it it. because people are really into the concept and then they don't do it and i don't know why because we're never available at the same time. It's hard enough to get people in your regular life to like sync up, but like watching a show with you, Tom, like, I don't know what your schedule is. Like yeah, I right. guess, and, or what you're watching this week or what you want to watch. Like you have to build in plans. You, you know what I think could work is if, uh, if uh, not one human being, but instead just the algorithm just announced. And again, this is where you get into that creepy Facebook stuff. What if you're just on Facebook and it says, Hey, in five minutes, these people are all going to watch a movie. Are you in or not? And it's like, well, crap. Okay, yes, I, I'll, I'll do it. You, you don't have to stay. You, you want that party planner organizer person, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe. There's also people who don't like to have other people talk while they're watching something, which obviates the whole point of this, right? Like, why are you watching it with them if you're not chatting about it while you watch? Yeah, they would have to be the right kind of content for sure. Yeah. Uh, Vicky said, Hey, Tom and Brian, I was just listening to the episode discussing TV watching threads on Facebook and Brian mentioned Reddit. I follow Liverpool FC and each match has match threads concurrent with the game. Other EPL teams do the same thing. And I suspect the same would apply to other sports. It's a great way to watch. And the voting aspect works well, though we tend to have the thread to show the comments based on new in order to keep up with the play. I, I used to do this on the Alberto's uh, website, uh, Viva Alberto's. It was, it was a, 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 oh, what's that? It's the, it's the Vox owned uh, sports network of blogs. SB Nation. I used to watch Cardinals games that way. It was really fun. SB Nation, yeah. Uh, Steven hit us up with an interesting idea. He says that as an avid online gamer, he thinks it'd be cool to watch streaming shows with his friends while playing their game of choice. For example, while in World of Warcraft or Guild Wars 2, everyone goes to a central location in-game to watch, like an old-school drive-in theater. There'd be an outdoor theater set up in the game that we could all watch and chat while in character. Uh, that That sounds hilarious and fun. I would love to see that at least as an experiment. Yeah, I guess how would you... So you would be in game and you would watch someone playing while you were like no, well, no, in game. You would be in I, game and there would be a big uh, like a, 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 you know maybe some orcs come over and build a big screen and then everybody gathers in. You see all the avatars with all the names floating mm-hmm. above their heads. Everybody jockeys for position so that they can get a good seat. And then all of a sudden the previews start and a bunch of text bubbles come up like ah the movie's starting. This is great. Yeah, I used and then to do the that in plays. Uh, Second Life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So go uh, into Second Life. You can do it right now. <laughs> still around. It's still around. Yeah. Uh, finally, Alan said, I think a lot of the resistance to a live action version of anime is similar to that for live action version of video games. 
Big budget, mostly American studios, have yet to do it successfully, so their track record makes fans wary. No one wants to see their beloved character warped by some Hollywood producer's idea of what sells a movie. I also think that movies inspired by ideas from anime are not the same as movies that are live-action versions of anime. The Matrix, it may have been inspired by Ghost in the Shell and resulted in a good movie, but the actual live-action Ghost in the Shell, not so much. Once we see a good live-action version of an anime series, then maybe people will welcome them more. What about that movie that's coming out that looks so awesome? Alita Battle Angel. Alita, yeah. That, that's no. What about it? Really maybe amazing. Maybe it will be good. I hope so. I yeah. just want to know what the anime fans think of it because it's apparently a very famous anime. I'm that's not my area of expertise, but I saw the trailers for it a few times and it looks amazing to me. They they also kept pushing the release date of it. So oh really? I don't know if that, that's well, usually I don't know a sign. That, I don't know if that, that means anything. Well, actually, yeah. I was going to make a joke about that being a bad sign, but that's not necessarily. But sometimes you push it because the it's tracking so well. You want to take advantage of a bigger audience. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Uh, well, Veronica, thank you so much for for joining us again. As always, where can people find more of what you do? Oh boy. Well, if you want to follow me in the podcast world, swordandlaser.com. We're always happy to have you over there. And for worky stuff, uh, I'm a PM over at Adobe for Spark. That's at spark.adobe.com. So yeah, check it out and let me know what you think. PM, of course, means prime minister. She's the prime minister of Adobe. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash nightattack. Also on diamondclub.tv, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you again next time. Hey, guys. Brian and Tom here, and it's just the same old message at the end of the credits, just like always. That's right, Brian. Nothing new here except your name showing up. Oh, my gosh. Because I've you got a just name. supported us on Patreon. Yeah, all those $5 donors. Look at that. That's your name in pixels. We're going to make you famous, kid. Put your There's name in pixels on the internet. classic names in there, but some of you are new. Some of you aren't there. It's sad. What can they do, Brian? I mean, they could go to patreon.com slash cordkillers and pledge $5 an episode to be one of these amazing people, like this be one. Amazing. Oh, look at look at that name right there. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>